Nerdiest Prime. Hi, and welcome to Nerdiest Prime, where we are reviewing every episode of Season 3 of Picard. We are at the last episode. I'm very excited, and we have a special guest, Jenny R. Johnson, who is a painter of uh, science fiction and Star Trek, amongst many other things. And uh, you're going to join us, Jenny, for our last review of Picard. I'm very ah. happy to be here. And we are happy to have you. Let's start right away with our first impressions. Let's start with Namir. Okay, so I don't, I don't know what to say because, okay, I'm just going to be honest here. I really, really wanted to like it. I really did. I wanted to like it so much, but I didn't. I didn't, I didn't, and I don't know why. It just, it didn't, it didn't uh, work for me. And we could talk about why. There's a couple of things that I just, uh, I didn't really like. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the the Borg. I think it was kind of overdone quite a bit. I didn't feel like they finished the Picard story in a way that was satisfying. Um, so just in terms of overall impressions, um, I was kind of disappointed. But I feel really bad about being disappointed. <laughs> Let's hear from uh, from Jenny. Um, I probably have the complete opposite opinion. <laughs> But I think that'll make things interesting. Um, I am very, very satisfied. Um, I, I also, for me, it's very much just about the characters, um, not necessarily the overarching plot. That's kind of my, in the, the main focus for me when I'm sort of deciding like, how do I feel about this? So yeah, I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> I'm a very happy camper today. Okay, let's, talk, let's uh, hear from Alan. I I was overall happy with with uh, most of it. Uh, like Jenny said, the the characters were again what what made made this episode shine. Um, the and seeing seeing the Enterprise D in action was cool. I enjoyed that, but I think the overall, like I said, the plot. The Borg plot, the invasion, I didn't get the sense of scale and spectacle that I was hoping for. I think I just wanted a little more out of this than than it could give. And you know, in on that respect, but the character moments say they 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 continue to be the best part of the show and 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 it's, I think that it it's just a collection of moments for for me that that I enjoyed in this more so than than like say the overarching uh storyline that they're they're happening within okay i want to say that i like this episode and i'm saying that uh very clearly at the top because i'm gonna give it a really hard time i'm gonna make fun of it all throughout this this review so just in case there's any ambiguity whether i like the episode or not i like it but it's crazy it's like a crazy episode um but the, okay, so the first thing is I really liked how they did a special uh, Star Trek logo for this episode specifically. I noticed that right away too. Yeah, well, they had the Enterprise D and then the Borg. It was so silly, and I I just love when they do stuff like that. When uh, like I don't know if they do it that much anymore, but you know I remember in the '90s they would do like the 20th Century Fox logo or the Universal logo, and, and they would change it if there was like I remember for like Twister they like it kind of. The, the, the logo blew away 
and um, you know stuff like that. Um, so we're back with the Borg. I mean, let's just talk about because the whole you know this episode is all about the, the resolution of the plot, and we're gonna get into the specifics. But I just wanted to feel kind of get a sense overall of how we felt things got resolved. Like I guess we sort of just talked about it in our in our first impressions. But um, I feel like we just did. Maybe we don't need to do that. Well, I, I could I could elaborate some too. And then I would like to also elaborate afterwards. <laughs> okay, who wants to go first? Ben Namir can go first. Let him. Oh, no, I don't want to. Okay. You have so notes. I, yeah, they're not, I can't read them. They're not good notes. So I, I think my issue is that, you know, I was, I when they did the logo thing, I was, I got really excited. Because I was like, that's really cool, right? And as you were saying, like, when they do that, you know, they did it in The Matrix and Indiana Jones and, you know, all of these things, you're like, that's setting up something epic, right? That's that's the only reason you would do it. And it didn't happen. So the promise of it was amazing. And then there was no follow through, right? Like, I, I really felt like there should have been, it just kind of felt like a, a regular episode of Star Trek, right? And it's not supposed to be like this is the episode that's supposed to wrap up three seasons of Picard, you know, however many seasons of TNG and Voyage. It's supposed to wrap up everything, right? Because it's the seven, yeah. So it's supposed to wrap up everything, but it didn't. It didn't do that, right? It was just like, oh, it's another Borg Queen, and who knows which Borg Queen this is? I kind of lost track. It was just kind of tacked on, you know, like like really, it should have been. Uh, something, you know, I, I, I do wish that there was somebody else behind the Borg, like like an, introdu an introduction of another race or, or something else. Oh, something oh, like the parasites? Like the parasites? <laughs> Actually, yeah, you know, you know what I, I was thinking? I was like, you know, it would be kind of cool if a parasite fell out of Alice Creek. That would be amazing, right? But but it didn't it didn't happen, and it just kind of fell flat for me you know a, not a lot of it made sense there was no borg in the borg cube i know there were dead but there was only like three of them so everything that made made the borg feel menacing and really just like like this huge threat just wasn't there for me so it you know and it was only like the the episodes an hour long and it was 40 minutes of that and then 20 minutes of wrap-up Right. So that stuff didn't very last very long. And I, that's what I wanted to see. I really wanted to see this thing have like a really super intense epic conclusion. And I kind of didn't. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing was I didn't feel like there were planet Federation ending stakes. Like we didn't see people dying and <laughs> you, you were just seeing little ships firing phasers willy nilly. <laughs> and I, I was like, like I, I wasn't satisfied because it didn't well, it didn't satisfy my there wasn't enough there wasn't enough death yeah uh, <laughs> but no like when they said they were targeting all these cities like I wanted to see like an attack happen people screaming I don't know some sense of urgency and panic and stakes wh where mm. you know that they they penetrated and you're like oh my god this might be the end of everything and. I just felt like they were taking their sweet ass time opening fire on Earth's major cities. <laughs> you know, when they're right there and they talk about the shields are down and 
and I think there was still several minutes before before it actually, you know, they destroyed the beacon or whatever. And I'm like, they could have did a lot of damage in that amount of time. I mean, in the amount of time it would take me to listen to a song, I mean, uh, orbiting spaceship with photon torpedoes and lasers could, could you know, <laughs> lay waste to, to a lot of stuff. And, you know, so I just, yeah, I just think they didn't give enough time. Like, I feel like if they hadn't got rid of that, like, hostage situation episode two-parter or whatever, and had made this a bigger more epic scope where there was like a planetary story happening and a space story happening and, a, you know, a one-on-one against the villain, you know, these things were all working together. It would have been a, a lot more exciting, but, you know, at the same time, I, again, I think I, my, my mind had so much craziness built up, like the expectation, the reality was never going to live up to that <laughs> because I'm like, I'm thinking like a two two hundred you know million dollar budget here in my head, <laughs> and I'm like, it's just an episode of TV. I'm like, I gotta you know bring my expectations down, but and that's the th- and th- and at the same time, you know, the adult me, not the thirteen year old me, who like see things go boom, says, oh, it's really about the characters. I'm like, I should not be worrying about this so much. I should just focus on the characters because that's that's ultimately what we should be here for and are here for. So. Um, and the frontier day thing too, I was hoping there'd be like more, more to that, like more celebration, like there was going to be parades and big, big star cameos. And there was going to be a big celebration and it just kind of, nothing really happened with that. And I was kind of disappointed with that too, but that's a superficial thing, but. Okay. While your 12 year old self gets a psychological assessment, then we're going to talk to Jenny. Personally. Um, I, I know that the Borg have been done and we've seen a lot of Borg through, through Star Trek Picard itself. Um, I was happy to see a resolution of some kind because, you know, Janeway left them in the Delta Quadrant, like hamstrung, but not necessarily gone. So I liked seeing, um, an idea of like what what the result of that was, you know, the idea that that the Borg Queen ends up alone and dying-ish and angry and trying to figure out a way to, you know, keep surviving and also kind of have some vengeance. Um, yeah, I think I think I definitely came into this with kind of like a little wish list, but I didn't have expectations. <laughs> Mm. You know, I, I, um, I don't know. I'm kind of good at that. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm like, it would be nice to see this. It would be nice to see that, but I'm just going to kind of sit back and just see where they see where they take me. I know what you mean about, uh, about the sort of seeing the other side of the attack in some way, you know, we saw, um, the space dock completely destroyed, which was actually really impressive. Like that was like, like, like a great effect seeing that kind of crumble and even just one or two shots of someone inside you know, getting crushed or something, you know, <laughs> exactly right. You know, getting yeah, I totally, yeah, yeah, I totally get it. But again, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I think, I think the budget definitely, they, there's only so, so far they can go with the budget. All they have to do is, is do what they did in Generations, which is like reuse shots of Klingons getting blow up, blown up in Star Trek Six. The only, they had, they had like, 
every, they had a whole like seven seasons of TNG. Let's pick this guy getting blown up and this guy getting blown up and we'll just insert them. That one Klingon that gets like thrown <laughs> down the corridor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. In reverse, in reverse. <laughs> oh. And in terms, in terms of the spectacle, what we saw with the board cube and the Enterprise, <laughs> I thought was pretty sick. Yeah, and awesome. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really surprised with the uh, Alan in the in the mirror. I thought I was gonna be, I was gonna be the the, the stick in the mud again, but I'm not because I had a really good time watching this episode, and I didn't feel disappointed. Um, I think. Because I was sort of disappointed in the last episode when they, it turned out it wasn't Parasite behind the door. And then I'm like, okay, it's the board. That was an unrealistic expectation. There was no way it was going to be Parasite. <laughs> I, <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> I was rooting for you, though. I was like, yeah, I, you know, I hope Lucas gets this. So so I, so I, I already didn't get my Christmas. So, you know, whatever was going to be in the presents that's going to be was going to be good enough for me. Well, I didn't get Sila, so, you know. That's right. I'm you didn't get see that. That too. <laughs> so that so that that was all a misdirection when Tashiara said not Tashiara when Denise Crosby Crosby said she had a cameo or had some involvement. She just meant that little Tashiara hologram that they that they three D. But but I feel like something I'm missing something in the Borg timeline. I might be able to because, help with that. Yeah, because I don't know what what happened because I thought. I'm confused. Basically, what ha what happened before this thing that all the Borg on that ship were half dead, and then the and the Borg Queen was like disfigured, and it was like something happened, and I feel like I missed it. Okay. The last the last time that we saw the actual Borg, because the Borg that we saw in season two of Picard weren't the real Borg. Right. That Queen was alternate universe Queen. Or so. Bra Bra Bragi. What did you call her? Borgotti. Yeah. Borgotti. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. So the last time that we actually saw the real Borg was at the end of Voyager when Admiral Janeway um, mm. put the virus into the collective and like collapsed a bunch of the, um, oh, what are they called? The, the transwarp conduit. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, so we didn't really know what happened. We knew that like, we knew that the, the Borg queen was hurt, but we didn't sort of see anything past that okay so that is the last thing i i thought maybe i missed something so yeah. that that's the same boar queen it's not a new like boar queen that they went the same one exact same one yeah. okay N the neurogenic pathogen or whatever janeway infected yes. them with decimated the borg and well shaw shaw even says at some point in this season that the borg were still licking their wounds and in, in the delta quadrant right. basically referencing janeway's actions and this Borg Queen was basically eating her own drones to survive and just drifting around space, getting angrier and angrier. Didn't she also destroy like the trans warp conduits? I thought all that stuff was gone. Weren't they stuck in the Delta Quadrant? Huh? Did you, did Weren't the Borg stuck in the Delta? I read all I could. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm not watching all of this. So I read, I read it. it. I think they technically I think they technically were. I think that was I think that was part of what she said that they were stuck, but yeah. the but but I, I assume at some point in the you know in the next 25 years she found a way to get closer. In Endgame they find a Borg trans trans warp hub. So that's basically there they can go wherever they want throughout the galaxy from here. There's like five or six of them. 
So basically, Devoyager had a plan to destroy this one, and it crippled their whole network. And then that's and they rode the 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 shockwave back to the Alpha Quadrant, traveling through their the Borg conduit, and that's how they got home. <clears throat> so it's basically like somehow Emperor Palpatine came back, kind of thing. <laughs> it's like it's the same idea, right? Festering and rotting for thirty years, just thinking. <laughs> yeah. Okay, plans. all right. I, I, it's, that's fine. I can buy that. I'm okay with that. It's, I, 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 I loved the Borg Queen in this episode. It was like, it. I wasn't sure. I don't think it was Alice Cridge. I think it was an actual Muppet. They had a little Muppet. No, and, they're, and they're, it, they're, in the credits, there's an actress who's a, who's credited with the role. But yeah, she's Alice Krieg's doing the voice. I, at first, I thought it was animatronic too, but then there was like a credit for for an actress for that role. It had a real uh, like uh, like James Cameron Aliens, uh, yeah, yeah, Xenomorph Z- Queen, kind of yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was fantastic. It was awesome. Uh, and but I really liked the, the the Borg in this. I didn't mind. I liked that they were all like falling apart. And I also think that just in terms of plotting and like stakes um you know often the mistake can be like you kind of make it too big and then and it just becomes kind of overwhelming and and you can't relate to it so by making the borg kind of still you know crippling along and having a hard time it kind of made it like more even odds and it made it believable that they could be men and you know and do their whole mission impossible mission and and all that stuff I know, but I, that's sort of, but the Borg aren't supposed to be relatable, right? Like they're supposed to be something that's totally, it's totally alien or, or, or not understandable by people. That's what makes them a threat, right? Because they're, they're, you know, they're a collective and we don't think that way, but they do. So it's, it's like, how do we fight this thing that we don't understand? So I, I I guess I, I kind of wanted to see more of that, right? I'd like those, those scenes where, where you see, you know, thousands and thousands of Borg in the, uh, you know, in in, uh, in the in the Borg cube, and they they didn't do that, and that's like a staple, right? They always do that, but they they didn't do it this time around. And they had zombie Borg, they had Zomborgs, but they didn't they didn't like do anything with them, right? It was just the three of them, and I was like, ah, you could have had a Zomborg horde, and it didn't it didn't happen. So I just, I, you know, I, I don't want to be too critical because I did actually like it. Like, as we talk about it, I'm like, yeah, there's stuff that I liked about it, but I, I just wanted more. You know, it's like when you go to McDonald's and you have a, a Happy Meal and you're like, that was pretty good. And then you leave and you're like, oh, I feel terrible. You know, <laughs> that, that's what it felt like to me. Well, you know, I, the, the, it's funny because there's been a lot of scenes where they go on the board cube, you know, where like in uh, Q they go on the Borg cube and then in Scorpion and Voyager, they go on the Borg cube. So there's these scenes now that are like, we're, we're like slithering around the, the Borg cube. And this one was a good one. I felt like it had a really good atmosphere, a little spookiness. And then, and it was like, of course, finally, we're going to get see a little wharf on Borg action. It was like, doing a little, <laughs> little, little steam Seagal on them. It was so awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that that was great. Swords are fun. Riker <laughs> <laughs> could pick it up. <laughs> I love that they went back to the next generation style with the bulky, the bulky suit, and and like everything looked like from the TNG era Borg. It wasn't like the Voyager Borg where they're all like 
wearing leather and they're sleek and they look kind of half organic and and they're all greenish. I was like, I like the the pasty face and the and the bulky the bulky rubber suit and the and the big cables hanging out of their head. I was hoping somebody gets some yanked out, but no, they didn't do that. I mean, I guess Picard did a bit to Jack, but I really want to see Worf just yank some cables out of their heads and then go. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the retro look for the Borg in this one. Yeah, it didn't make any sense because last time we saw the Queen, they were all kind of the Voyager style. But you know, I still like that visually. We had the TNG style. Uh, yeah, and then and uh, we really got to see the Enterprise D in action in this episode, which I loved so much. Uh, that was, I think, probably my favorite part of the episode was Data going, please let me fly this thing through the Death Star. Please let me fly it through the Death Star. <laughs> I was very happy because I was like, that's what I texted my friend who's watching it this morning, too. And they're like, I was like they're doing the Millennium Falcon run into the Death Star with the with the D. I'm like this is amazing. <laughs> I I don't want to say that they ripped me off, but ten years ago I did a mashup on YouTube where I made the Millennium Falcon go inside the Borg cube, and I think uh, Terry Metalla saw that and put it in the episode. Very likely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should you should call him. <laughs> and say, did you take this from me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then and then they were and then uh, Crusher is all like on the controls. I feel like Crusher and Troy were a lot more like Ellen Ripley in in this version of of, uh, of Star Trek, especially Crusher. And I like that moment because when she was firing all the weapons, I was going, "She's a doctor. This doesn't make any sense that she would know how to do this." But then I'm like, "Oh no, it's been 20 years that she's been on the run and all this stuff." And then there was that exact moment where they all looked at her and it had the exact same process that I had. I love that. Definitely. It's just, it's those two characters have been so, so underused. Um, it's just really nice, you know, like seeing them doing things that are useful, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I'm just in the middle of rewatching TNG, like I'm in season three. And I'm just like, and there's some good stuff in there, like good Crusher Torres stuff, but, but they are so under underused and it's so frustrating to see the like. They basically put them in caregiver roles a lot in that show and sideline them, you know, like, like like in Cupid where there's like everybody's sword fighting and then Troy and Crusher come up with their clay pots to knock people over the head. And I'm like, really? They couldn't give them a sword? <laughs> but but did, 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 you, did you hear the story that... That um, uh, Gates McFadden said that she, that her and Marina Sirtis were the only two people who were actually uh, trained to sword fight, and all the the men had never been trained. And but they were given this like we're gonna throw uh, clay pots. Yeah, I, I I miss the Troy from from season one, right? Like season one, Troy had much more to do. Like she was much more like part of like the bridge crew and was was advising Picard and Picard would look to her not only about oh how is this person feeling but like how do you manage the ship how do you run this away team like she had much more of an involvement and that kind of disappeared and I don't think she ever really got it back um but she was great in that role Namir you like season one way too much I'm just gonna say that right now I love season one I don't know what to tell you I I just I know I I no, you know what? 
you say that now, but we're, we went through all of season one and you guys are like, oh yeah, this episode's pretty good too. Oh yeah, this one's pretty good. Like, and that was most of the time. So don't give me any of your nonsense. Did, did you guys, did you guys notice that the, the, the Riker did the Riker maneuver on this, uh, in the show? No. I did not see that. Are you talking about like when he sits in a chair from the back? That, but no, but what he did is he went up to, uh, I think it was behind LaForge and he put his, his foot up on, you know, when he, he puts his foot up on the, that's the Riker maneuver too. I did not see that. They they probably had it where he put his leg over a chair and then uh, Jonathan Frakes is like, ah, I'm seven years old. I can't do that anymore. Let's just, yeah. can, we just, can I just do a prop? Can I just do a prop up? Yeah. It's like, I'm going to pull everything. I need medical assistance. <laughs> Sorry. When they took over the Titan and they got onto the bridge, when 7-9 and Raffi and all those guys got on the bridge and the other boards were like, they, they shot them and like transported them into the transporter room and locked them in there. How did the other board not automatically know that the Titan was compromised and just turn around and shoot the Titan or whatever they're going to do? Do you know what I mean? Because aren't they all the board interconnected? They're all talking on their little, little, little Wi-Fi. Well, I think they were talking to them because then they said, you must retake the Titan like the voices oh. were telling them. Yeah. And then they were just kind of forcing to trying to get out of the transporter room where they were trapped. So they were trying, but they were just trapped in part of the parts of the ship. But really, they could have just blown up the Titan at that point. And, and... and then, well, that's when they were using the cloaking device. They were they were cloaking and uncloaking and doing strafing runs and then cloaking again and just trying to trying to cause there was a, disorder. No, there, was a, there was a full five minutes before they started cloaking where they, they were just sitting around talking on the bridge. And again, I, I, I like the I like the episode. I'm just saying. I don't know. I think that's that's like suspension of disbelief. I think you're just going to have to to deal with that. Like when they had Hugh on the Enterprise, they used a like force shield dampening situation to cut him off from the collective. So maybe but, Seven being Seven knew that 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 had to happen, and they did something. She did. She just did like she she did this, and then with her little um, implants, just like put a little damping feel around the whole ship. Okay, I got it. Or, or maybe, or maybe most of this episode doesn't make any sense, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> is, is my thinking. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, in the grand scheme of Star Trek now, as I, as I finished this for a second time and thought about it, I'm like, did the Borg Queen's revenge plan totally hinge on the chance that Picard would have sex with somebody and have a kid with him? <laughs> because <laughs> he's like i just need to wait for him to get lucky <laughs> it's like i can put my fiendish plan into motion she's in the background trying to make it happen sending chocolates to crusher flowers to picard i think i found a match you guys she's there got tinder account just catfishing <laughs> At the point that that DNA was left behind in Picard, the Borg were still like a superpower, right? So she wasn't bent on on revenge at that point. Then she was just, I think it was, I, I, I think it was just a like, it was just a crapshoot. Like, let's see what happens if we do this. Mm. <laughs> many, many eggs, many eggs in her basket, in her revenge basket. No, I think, I think Jenny's right. Like, I think it was, it was, they were doing fine and then they were decimated. And then all of a sudden the board cream was like, where's that signal coming from? 
there's there's something there's something interesting over there and then so then so then she just kind of made the connection is like okay I, I need this i need jack did anybody else think that the boar queen was kind of like the uh the the witch in uh in snow white she had the little evil cackle when picard showed up <laughs> yeah she's like an archetypal bad guy so you know there's gonna there's gonna have to be a moment where she tells picard her whole plan and there's going to be a moment where she she laughs because she thinks she's going to win yeah. and then you know she doesn't horribly well, that's okay and she's I think not be... the sexy board queen anymore so yeah that's that's for darn sure Thank well you. i mean who knows what people are into <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um so so now we have lacutus jr we had a lacutus jr in this in this episode how, how do we all feel about lacutus jr Let's start with Jenny, just because we started with Alan last time. I thought that was actually pretty cool. Like, like you said, the 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 suit was awesome. Like, the suit really sold it. Um, I think if he'd just been plugged in and kind of like it, it wouldn't have, you know, it was very clear what was happening. I mean, and even like like the 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 callback to like Locutus's original, the uh, you know laser thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. And in terms of how that, you know, seeing that would affect the card, I think that was that was very nicely done, I think. And I think it made it made sense based on what they'd already established with his character, like his, you know, looking for looking for connections all through his life and having that sort of just this feeling of being alone or isolated. That definitely made sense in him getting into the collective and feeling at home you know having that that uh so i think that made i think that part of the story made a lot of sense yeah i i like jack i thought he was a really good character um i think if you know if they had made him um like wesley then i i don't think i would have bought it but he's more like a combination of kirk and picard which I which I think is really interesting. So and, I, and Han Solo, and, <laughs> yeah, and Han Solo. Yeah, he's a yeah he's a space pirate exactly. So you know, would I watch a show with him in it? Yeah, I think I would. Like he's he's an interesting character, played by uh, you know a really good actor. Um, so I I think that was okay. That that made sense to me, and I'm I'm glad they they kind of chose him and 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 did it in the way that the, they did. Um, so I was happy with that. I, that didn't bother me. Yeah, again, I, I, I like everything that Ed Spiel, Spieler, 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 I can't say his name, but that actor. <laughs> I, lo- I love the work he's doing. Like, he's a great casting choice. I mean, so so often it's, it's uh, you know, um, difficult to sell this material, and he does a really good job with, with the with the space, space opera, <laughs> the dialogue and all that, so... Yeah, he's been been a interesting addition to the Star Trek universe, and uh, and if he shows up in a spinoff, then I'm I'm all for it too. So, um, and yeah, and all the father son stuff there on on the board cube was all was all good. Like like I enjoyed that. There was a good emotional payoff there, and uh, you know. I have no complaints about any of the any of the character work in this show. All those all those moments played really great for me, and I like the all the hugging. It all gave me warm fuzzies, and <laughs> there was so Lots many of hugging. Picard, 
Yes, yeah, so somebody somebody hugs. Yeah, Worf was huggy, and Picard was huggy, and Riker was huggy. Everybody's huggy. But, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I could see the hand of the writing, and that was a bit my complaint in the last episode, where everything's all set up, so we're going to, like, feel a certain way in a certain beat. And uh, so, so I didn't like that, the, the fact that I could sort of see the writing. Having said that, you know, they had made good choices. It was well constructed. Um, I think it was, it was good for them to set up this idea of, um, you know, of, of, of Jack being alone and being not an orphan, but basically being apart from everything else and then having the boar kind of pull on those emotional heart spring, heartstrings. And then lo and behold, the only thing he needed was a hug from daddy. And then, you know, it solved all his problems. I think I called that last week. That was going to be the, 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 the conclusion of this was humanity and compassion and love would win out over, over, uh, totalitarian <laughs> cybernetic beings. <laughs> I think I think maybe it might be the first time that a uh, that the the uh, universe was saved by a hug. That was the resolution. That was the whole solution. It was like it's just you know best of both worlds. It was like make them sleep, and this one is just give them a hug, and then everything's all over. Make them feel a human connection so they don't feel a cybernetic one. <laughs> yeah. Why did the board queen let them into the cube? Because remember, they're, so they're on the Enterprise, and then all the, all, the, all the weapons kind of power down, and then the door opens, and then somebody says something, and Picard's like, that's an invitation. And then they go, but why? Why did that happen? Because it's in the script. That's why. Jack let them in, maybe? I don't know. You know, she may also have had a personal kind of you know, yeah, come here and see what I did. You know, like I've, I've got this, I've got him. I don't even need you, but I want you to see it. You know? Yeah. That was my feeling that that was, I think the justification in the script was that the Borg queen wanted to basically gloat a little bit. Or he wanted Picard to complete the family unit and they could just live happily ever after as husband and wife and Borg junior. Did, did, did you guys notice that, um, that Troy pulls a, a Shinzon in this, uh, as a callback to Nemesis in this, uh, this episode she feels strong empathic connection to someone and and attracts them yeah i don't understand how that makes any sense whatsoever but uh you know okay fine i'll go with it i think it no, makes more makes sense, sense in 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 this with her connection with Riker than it did yes. in nemesis i think actually yeah yeah it did, it did. They, well they have like a long established connection to each other like yeah whereas it you know she isn't just going mm, his feelings she's like like she could hear him. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. A little bit different, I think. It was, yeah, it was again. It was a good, uh, it was a good character moment for Riker and Troy that they have that that his love for her emanated out enough that she she could find him. So you know, it's like oh, another another warm fuzzy moment. And uh, and and nobody died. Uh, Alan, you predicted that Picard was going to die. Was it you? Or no, was it Namir? Namir said that. I said Worf would die heroically rescuing some. Well, but they already got easily rescued several episodes yeah. ago <laughs> well he got close he got close to dying but he just needed a nap and then he turned out it was okay i like how yeah the close-up shot it was funny that he's snoring and then the wide shot he's clearly like awake and positioning himself in the chair and i'm like <laughs> oh they just killed that joke he should be like just sitting there passed yeah. out but but yeah it was still funny no, I, 
I did think he was going to die. I just, everything kind of was leading up to that. And, and I, you know, in the episode where they're about to go onto the, uh, you know, into the cube, he's saying goodbye to everybody. And he takes one last look at the bridge and, you know, and I'm like, oh, he's going to, he's going to bite it for sure. And then, you know, they, they are on the ship. He's so well, but it was him. Everyone was saying goodbye to him specifically. Right. And then they're on the cube. And then, He's like, it was a pleasure serving with you, Riker and 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 Worf as your as your captain. And then they split ways. And I'm like, oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna die. And I was okay with that because I thought that that, that would have been a really good way to end his story. So I, I was a little di- bit disappointed because, you know, it felt like if he if he you know, not that you know, I didn't want him to die. I'm, I'm not you kill know. an iconic character. <laughs> no, I just think it would have been a great ending to to his story arc, right? Like if if he gave himself up for his, so that his son could live, right? So he could finally be, you know, the father that he was always supposed to be by kind of doing the ultimate act and essentially saving not only his son, but but saving the entire, basically, galaxy, right? And the, the only thing that he needed to do was to die to do it. And he's like 90, so it kind of makes sense, right? But, you know, I, I feel like that kind of was built into the story. And I bet that they had conversations about that. But it's uh, I feel like at the last minute they're like, nah, we can't kill him. You know, we will just he'll he'll make it out of this okay. We've already killed him once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe that's it. You can't kill him. He's in this robotic body, so it doesn't matter. You know, the board cube blows up, he'll just be floating in space. I mean, I think I think the the fact, you know, all of those goodbyes and all of, you know, and him being prepared to die was kind of a completion of the arc that he's been on because it like and that's counting like the first two seasons of Picard which I know not everyone does um but but in you know where he started off at the beginning where he was completely closed off to everyone um he had all of this baggage and trauma that he was carrying around and we get to this point and he's not just willing to sacrifice himself but willing but but he's doing everything he can to save his son because he's he's been he's finally able to love you know he's finally able to let someone else love him (laughs) the power of love you guys yeah i i buy it i mean i do and that makes complete sense to me um but i i think it i i just would have liked to have seen him kind of take that step right where he just kind of lets go and he's like, this is the last great thing that I can do with my my long and storied life. Um, but he, he didn't do it. And I, I just kind of, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. There was a moment there where I thought they were going to actually kill off uh, Picard, Riker, and, uh, and Worf. And I was like, oh my God, they're going to, there's going to be four of them left. It's going to be like, they're going to kill the... Those three on the on the board ship, and then um, and then they didn't. Uh, my theory is they actually did kill them, and then by the time they got to episode seven, they realized how popular the show was, and then they they got them to, to come back and they reshot the scene. <laughs> that's why the uh, they they that's why when they blow up the the board cube, it takes like fifteen minutes for it to blow up. You know, they 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 shot the uh, the thing in the middle, the the power reactor thing, and and then and then it it, it you know 
When they blew up the Death Star, it didn't take 15 minutes to blow up. The Millennium Falcon was like hightailing out of there, and there was like, they almost didn't make it out. And this thing, they had a whole conversation, and they had a lot of things to talk about, and, well, and then they're like, maybe... They didn't make it out either. They were coming out of the explosion as well. The, the flames were coming around the shields as they flew out. It took them a long time. Did you see that maze they had to navigate? It's like all over the place. Well, man. and it was also hiding in what? The red spot of Jupiter? And isn't that thing like the size of like 100 Earths or something? I don't even know how many. <laughs> like, two Earths? Two yeah. Earths. Still, how long would it take, take two Earths to blow up? If it started, like you started little chain explode, chain reaction explosions, how long would it take this plan to blow up? Did all the volcanoes suddenly start erupting or whatever? You know, it'd take a while. Well, the, no, but the cube, the cube is <laughs> not the cube wasn't the size of two Earths. The cube was like this little dot in the in the red spot of Jupiter. For and for some reason, Picard's like, "Oh, there it is. I see it." So it's like ninety <laughs> years old. He's like, "I see it right there." <laughs> so, uh, so nobody died. I think people were expecting someone, expecting Picard to die. Maybe they were just subvert, sub, subverting the expectation that he would die. They definitely set it up so that we all thought they were going to die, and then they pulled the rug. They're like, oh. They did. Yeah, I'm okay. I was, I'm happy that they, they survived. I, I didn't want anybody to Somebody die. should have died. I wanted one death. That's you it. need your final your <laughs> final gang gang all together before the credits, so you couldn't kill anyone and get that scene. Exactly. Yeah. They learned that lesson on Nemesis. They, they killed Data Nemesis, and then that was the worst Star Trek movie opening of all time. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to make that mistake again. <laughs> I noticed that, that uh, whereas Data was the comic relief in the show, that in this series, Worf is the comic relief. He's all the jokes. I feel like a lot of the... A lot of the humor always, even through the series, came from Worf and Data. Like, there was plenty of great, funny Worf moments, like when he's taking the mud bath with Mrs. Troy, or, you know, or he's like, you know, drink prune juice as a warrior's drink, and you know? all. You know, he was always a good tea. Nice house. Nice house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All that. Worf had lots of great little lines like that through the series. So I think he's always been a, been a major source of comic relief along with, with Data. I think because because um, the the nature of what's going on with data, like this data, I feel like it doesn't. I'm, I mean, he's you know he has some humor, but I think it's a little. He's on a different kind of journey through this than and Worf is. I don't know. I think they've honestly over the years figured out that Michael Dorn has really like that his comic timing is excellent, and they just want to use it. <laughs> yeah. He's got a great deadpan delivery for everything. His back and forth with uh, Riker throughout uh, so the series has been just, oh my God. Yeah. Did you hear yourself? <laughs> oh yeah, the threesome. <laughs> I don't think of a threesome. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I, I would love to watch a show with just the two of them. Like a, like a buddy cop show with, with Riker and Worf. And they're like in a little ship solving crimes in the galaxy. That would be amazing. Definitely. We'll just call it, we'll call it Lethal Space. <laughs> You're not allowed to come up with titles. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, no, I was just thinking, we were talking about um, Data's line last week about uh, when Jordy tells him to think, think he tells him to, to, to think positive. And, and, and I just rewatched The Price from season three, 
And there's a, there, there's a moment like that where they're in the Delta Quadrant and, uh, and Jordy says, I, I'm, I, w- I really wouldn't want to get stuck here for the rest of my life in this shuttlecraft. And then Data says, well, think on the bright side, you would have me to talk to. And it, and it was exactly the same, the same uh, kind of moment. Uh, okay. TNG is awesome. Everything but TNG is awesome. Especially season one. Season one is the best. <laughs> so good. Okay, so I, I, this is just me. There's a couple of series, like things that I've been wanting to say all along, but they're like, they're not specific to one episode. There's just the whole season. Two things. The first thing is positive is I've really been paying attention to the reuse of music because I'm a big uh, fan of the soundtrack, the Star Trek soundtrack. And I love that they brought back specifically the music from First Contact um, for the main titles and uh, also for the end credits. And um, and then in this episode, they brought in a, a piece from Generations. The, it's a... Yeah, it's a song that plays at the very end of Generations when Riker and Picard are on the bridge and they're talking about, like, uh, you know, time is this and that and the other thing, and I'm going to live forever, you know. And that exact piece of music, they did that same at the very end when, when it's Jordy, um, when they park the ship and Jordy says, uh, shut down all the... Oh, yeah. nice. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I don't even think it was re-recorded. I think they just, they just put the CD in and, and just put it in the Avid, you know, and I think that's all they did. Oh, and also, I've noticed actually throughout Picard in general that they use the um, the Borg theme that Jerry Goldsmith came up with for First Contact. I, it, it was like is like the three bars. I can't do it. <laughs> well, you only did two. What's the third one? I think that's the music I was always always like confusing with V'ger's theme. From motion picture, and I thought there was gonna be some connection to V'ger throughout this whole series. Never, oh yeah, yeah. That never transpired. Yeah. Right, 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 yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Uh, okay, and so my other comment about uh, the throughout the whole season is these fucking weird commercial breaks. Do you guys notice the weird commercial breaks? There's like no commercial breaks, but there's kind of like a fade, as if there's gonna be a commercial break, and then a cut. And it's and it and it and it it's just like the worst. I didn't notice that's- it in. In the last few episodes, but yeah, I I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I did notice that, and I thought it was weird too, but I didn't think too much about it. But it's like like a moment where it's like the sound fades out, and then it cuts to like to nothing, and then it comes back and the sound fades up again. And you're like, what what was that? Why did that even happen? Because it's I thought it was just streaming. I didn't realize that they were actually showing it on on broadcast. Yeah, they show it on the CTV Sci Fi Channel on Thursday nights. So it's, I mean, that's just in Canada. I don't know where else it might broadcast on TV, but there are, it is broadcast. So there would be commercials. As my dad would always say, commercial lead in music. And he would get ready to go to the bathroom when he would watch Star Trek back in the nineties. <laughs> but do you, do you think then that they're not writing? Cause they used to write episodes taking that into account, right? Like they would have like the five act structure because of the commercials. And so maybe now when they're writing it, they're not taking, they're not considering that. Because they're like, well, it's just going to be streaming online, and then afterwards they're like, oops, we got to put some commercials in here. You know, where are we going to put them? And then it's 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 totally awkward. I found too through through the, I don't know through the whole run of the series. I've or the season. Sorry, I've found 
overall I found the editing has been really good like I found the pacing is like I don't know it's there's um a lot happening and then there's breathing room like 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 overall I found it really good so those weird cuts I found very jarring because of that sort of in contrast yeah that was that must be happening that must be what's happening that they're yeah I feel like maybe like good paramount editor got a hold of it or something on the way you know like yeah like some intern or something and they're like hey fred just edit this so it works on tv and he's like okay <laughs> i'm an accountant though that's fine just do it <laughs> i kind of wish when, when this eventually comes out on blu-ray or whatever that they would just cut it into a big 10 a 10 hour movie just take out all this all the breaks and the credits and just make it one continuous thing that I could so watch you, over the course you, you, of like three so you days. Have to hold it. So you, you have to hold it for 10 hours. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about the, the wrap-up. So the, the wrap-up is Seven Fun gets a command, uh, and we get to see Tuvok again. Jack Crusher somehow gets through Starfleet Academy in a year, and uh, we have a little uh, final poker game. How do you guys feel about the, uh, the wrap-up? Well, as you know, I love the wrap-up. Um... <laughs> I thought, uh, yeah, I thought the way that they handled Seven was really good. I loved them bringing Shaw back again to do that, um, the officer evaluation. I thought that was a really, just a nice touch because, I mean, they didn't know how popular he was going to be, but he was really popular. People love him. Um, and yeah, you know, and I mean, I mean, the Jack getting pushed through the Academy, I mean, they kind of did the same thing with Seven um and at least they straight up addressed it you know in in the dialogue where he's basically like nepotism you know um <laughs> at this point like like i'm i'm on board i'm i'm you know i'm on board with it like um <laughs> and i liked i really am actually very happy i know there are people that were like shipping picard and crusher hard and like you know they want some like actual specific answers about what's going to happen with their relationship i like that they left it kind of um ambiguous i feel as they always do as they always do well that's the thing i feel like it actually would have been kind of weird if they hadn't i don't know it it it, 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 it i just feel like it would have been too like you did you did hope that they got married and then and then laris from the first episode you know his new romulan fling was sitting at that bar waiting for him to show up <laughs> it was like he said he'd be here after he was done with that mission i knew he was i knew he wasn't going back i knew from from that first episode i knew laris was just like and that's it we're done like, <laughs> hey, we're, we're a wrap on laris we're a wrap on laris oh, no. poor laris she, laris is fine yeah. oh my She's god like, yeah. laris is so fine I guess I'm growing wine now. That's it. I guess, I guess, uh, I guess I, I own a winery somehow. In terms of the, the, the poker game, I mean, there wasn't an, another way to end it. I don't think really, you know, it was just style to, to me, to me. Um, I think it was just a really nice chance for us to see all of them together. Um, and to, kind of celebrate not only the relationships of those characters but also that group in general like that that group of people who genuinely love each other that much um yeah that was pretty cool i like that a lot did did anybody find it weird that they that 
that Jordy mentions that Guinan's given us the side eye and Guinan was not actually there. <laughs> that was very odd. I was like, why even say that if she's not there? If you didn't get the scene, you know, if you didn't get Whoopi Goldberg on set. <laughs> I feel like the only reason that they said that was just to establish this is the actual 10 forward and not the Titan. Hell, hell uh, yeah, 10 forward. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like there could have been another way to do that without <laughs> making it really clear that she wasn't there. It would have been so easy for them to get a shot of her just giving them a little like or something because they, they, they shot the two seasons together and they already had Whoopi Goldberg, so that that wasn't the ten, ten forward on the Enterprise, though, right? That was the ten forward for the Guidance owns. The yeah, actual, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, and 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 Skid Row in L.A., yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about you, Namir? How do you feel about the wrap up? I, you know, I'm, I'm I always like to see new things. I'm generally not a big fan of when they redo scenes like that. So I feel like we had already seen it. I would have liked to have seen something new. Like for me, uh, if they had ended it, you know, when when they powered down the Enterprise, right? Instead of it just being the three of them, it was everybody. They're on the Enterprise. They'd leave. Riker says, "Oh, I missed that voice," which was a great line. And then uh, they leave. The doors close, and then the the bridge powers down. The lights go off. If they had just ended it there, that would have been perfect. I would have been like, "That's great. That that's a solid ending." Makes me feel a little bit melancholy, but I enjoyed the ride and I'm looking forward to what's next. But then it just it kept going. And I I and I feel like the the second time they did the poker scene kind of reduces the impact of the first poker scene from all good things. Cause you know, they're different now. You know, they, they should have something new, like something that's uniquely this show. Um uh, a and it didn't feel right to poker me. scene? Okay. Uh, a VR holographic? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, oh. totally. Yeah, oh. exactly. This is perfect. No, I just, I, you know, I just, I, I, I just wanted something else, right? Like, cause, um, I don't know. It, it didn't, it didn't feel right to me, right? I, I don't like that. To me, it's not quite a retcon, but it's, it's clearly like we're, we're pulling on these nostalgia strings, right? We're really, we're really tugging on those, on those, on those levers. Um, and I, I don't, I, I generally am not a big fan of that. So that's me, but I, you know, I'm, I'm a bit commercially. So I, I, you know, <laughs> I, would... well, I think, I think Namir is rubbing off of me. Cause I felt the exact same way. I was uh -huh. like, I know. I was like, I was like any other time. I feel like I would eat this up. And then now I'm feeling like, I'm like, well, we've really done this before. And I'm like, do they really need to retread this? I'm like, I like it. I'm like, all the characters are having nice, nice banter and but it's like at the same time i wish they were you know at chateau picard or something or in his vineyard there's a different setting maybe doing something different like you say make it and and even if they had it went to chateau picard it could have kind of booked in this this specific series because that's where it all started and but i i, I do see what they're saying too because I, I mean it also did start with picard and data playing poker in his dreams or whatever, and now they're playing poker. I, I've read somewhere, but you know, somebody mentioned that that connection. But yeah, at the same time, I was I was kind of hoping for something unique to this series, and not just not just specifically a callback to all good things, because that was so good. You know, you know, sky's the limit, and off we go. 
and 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 that's what I thought too. Is when they when they put the light, I exactly same thought. I was like, the bridge lights going out should have been roll credits there, and they could all be like you say, they could all have been there. So I agree with you. How odd! Oh wow! That's crazy. <laughs> did, could you hear me? Was I whispering in your ear? Going, <laughs> no, this is not A little you on my, no. my shoulder when I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> I have one further further thought on on that whole thing um that in all good things Picard joins late and is like oh I should have been doing this all along and hmm. this time he's the one that pulls out the cards you know um he sits down at the table there's there's one point where it's going around and it hits his face and he is just grinning. And that again, for me is, is about this whole arc of this season and him really sort of like be finally after 90 years becoming comfortable with himself and with, you know, letting himself be sort of seen and loved and all of that. So again, the love guys, the love. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, no, it's true because I I don't I I don't cons like I've never looked at him that way. You know what I mean? Like that character, I've never looked at him that way. So it, it, that's an interesting kind of arc, right? Like him being able to to learn how to love and and be loved is not something that, and that that was always my complaint. Like this character, Picard in in the Picard series is not the same person as Picard from from TNG or even the movies, right? And so for me that that always felt a little bit disconnected but I, I can see that I can see that like he's he's kind of a closed off really used to be closed off by the books person that's starting to open up quite a bit so yeah you, you've changed my entire way, way of looking at this episode so that's what I'm here for <laughs> this is why I'm bringing new voices to our conversations there we go yeah <laughs> I, I like that that uh, that that we got Tuvok coming back and that he wasn't uh, just a changeling. I I feel like he replaced Admiral Janeway that we were supposed to see uh, Kate Mulgrew and we never got to see her. Uh, I was a little disappointed by that, but I like to see I like seeing Tuvok. I like that that moment with Shaw. That I thought that worked really well, and uh, I thought it was funny when Jack Crusher came on the uh, on the bridge, and she's like, "Papa Squat, right here." Right next to me. <laughs> yeah, but if I was if I was somebody else on that bridge that had been working for like fifteen years to get onto that bridge, and then Jack just comes along and says, "Like, yeah, you get to sit right here next to me." What's your job? I don't know. Advice. <laughs> you give me advice. That's it. <laughs> yeah. uh, if I was that helmsman, I'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so what? What? What do we? What? What do we think is? Uh was um seven's uh first command to to get the ship going no, i thought i thought that was a great i i, I mean i thought how they did that was great like that we'll was, find uh, out in the spinoff what, yeah what if, what if it was something like choo choo <laughs> okay uh, so uh and everybody got to see the, the everybody saw the post credit sequence i only saw the credit sequence because i was i was like it's the last episode i'm gonna watch the credits with all the music, and then Q shows up. What do we think about that? I thought he was dead. Didn't he die? There's a whole season that was dedicated to him dying. 
Yeah, but what was the first thing you said to Jack? You know, you humans, you think so linearly, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a master of space and time. I'm like, is he ever really dead? I mean, he can go past his death, before his birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I think that's... It's just it's just <laughs> cue before he died. No, don't excuse this shoddy shoddy attempt at a spin-off. I actually when I saw Q, I'm like, I was like, that's cool, but I was like, why isn't it his son from Voyager? It could have been like Picard Jr. and Q Jr. and then they start tormenting each other in the spin-off. I was like, I would have loved that. <laughs> but everybody everybody would have been like, Who's that guy? Only you would have well, yeah. Q Jr. looks like. <laughs> I guess he could have turned himself into his son or whatever. He's like, ah, oh, like I'm here, but I'm actually my. This is my dad, and I'm like, I don't know. There was something that they could have did something. They could just. He looks a lot like him too, so they could have just said, "I'm cute." He does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I would have known. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. He's like that's that guy. He's just a new Q. I was I feel like stoked. Yeah. I was very, very I, excited. I, yeah, I, <laughs> and I was I, I literally like... was like like I actually like yelped when I saw him. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's that's a setup for a spin-off. Like that's it they're just gonna do encounter encounter Farpoint two point when they start the the next show. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I liked it. I had no problem seeing Q. I'm not like Namir. Q was always a I welcome just, face. Uh, I just like I just like things to make sense and it didn't it didn't make it didn't make sense. Is that so now wrong? We, is that a crime? Now 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 you want things to make sense? I've always wanted sense. things to make sense. <laughs> just it, it should have been Sela. Sela should have showed up. It, you know what? I I agree. Actually, it should have been Sela. That that would have been a great move. But you know, I I but if you're a casual Star Trek viewer, you wouldn't know who Sela was. Right? Like, I well, I still think in retrospect that this show, the Borg should have been working with the Romulans all along, not the Changelings. Like the Changelings had no connection to Picard. I think, it, and the Romulans are in such disarray, and and the Federation treated them so poorly when their homeworld blew up, and Picard was trying to help them. Like there should be some sort of grievance against the Federation from the remaining Romulans and and being all scattershot everywhere. They they would have made the perfect team up. But anyway, I didn't write the show. They didn't ask me. They didn't ask for my input, so I'll take it as it is. <laughs> well, maybe maybe that'll be in the spinoff. I, I love seeing the changelings. I love seeing the changelings. I, I know, I, I like I seeing them too, but but really, you know, if, if we're if we're doing things that relate to Picard as a character and his past and the legacy, like the Rhymans would have made more sense than having the changelings in the show. Same. <laughs> okay, let's do our rating. Let's start with uh, let's start with Jenny. Out of ten, we're doing a rating out of ten. Oh, okay. Oh my God. I don't know what we're doing. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> what are we rating? Like, like you know, four potatoes? I don't know. Okay. Um, so, I mean, can I give a ten? I'm pretty excited about this. I feel really good about it. It made me happy. I really. I'm very satisfied with everything. I have mentally filled in all of the holes, which I think there were a, a couple um, that, you know, anything that I found iffy, I've always just kind of done that anyway. So 10 out of 10. <laughs> okay, let's go with, let's go with, uh, with Alan. Um, well, again, I say I had, I had a couple problems with it. 
so I mean, but I think most of those are, are, are again based on my own expectations over expectations. So maybe I should just blame myself. But again, uh, it, it made me warm and fuzzy. There was lots of jokes. I was I was happy, uh, you know. But I say something inside me just wanted something a little more, you know, more spectacle, more higher stakes. I don't know something. It just I can't quite put my finger on it. So I'm gonna give this one an eight because I know I put nine. I think I put nine last week. So and I feel like. It didn't pay off as much as I wanted it to from the setup because I really loved the setup last week. So I'm going to give it an eight out of ten because I still really had, really thought they did a really great job with this season, but it just it just wasn't it wasn't as much as I wanted it to be. But okay, so uh, Namir, what's your rating? <laughs> well, I was gonna, uh, I I you know I was gonna give it a seven. But it's, I always seem to give these episodes one less than Alan. But it, I, I'm going to give it a seven. So I, I'm just going to stick with it. It's a seven. I, because I did like it. You know, I, I enjoyed watching it. I had a good time. But I, there are things that I can't get over. And I, and I, I wish they had, I wish they had um, spent a little bit more time making what, making the world a little bit more believable and what they were doing make, more sense because I found that anytime there was something where I was like that doesn't make any sense it just pulled me out of it and this episode in particular had a lot of that um and, but I, I I still enjoyed it uh I wish Picard had died not horribly you know I wish he had just you know just yeah. gently in his sleep on the on the board cube that would have been fine but I uh, I think he yeah, that would have really completed his story. Um, and that, that really bothered me. So it's a seven. Um, I am going to give this a nine. I was going to give it an eight. But it's the last episode. And it wrapped everything up nicely. So I'm going to give it a nine. And I had a, good, I had a good time. I had a really good time. Yes. And there was like a, the pew, 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 pew inside the board uh, ship. And... Uh, mm, Poor Queen blew up, and um, there was fuzzy feelings and hugs, and there's a Q show up at the end. So yeah, I'll give it a nine. That, that that feels that feels kind of flimsy. That feels like a flimsy flimsy reasoning for for your nine. I think you just wanted to give it a nine. And you're just looking for any excuse to give it a nine, but really in your heart, it's like an eight. Well, I was yeah. That's why I was like wrestling with them. Like, is this an eight or a nine? And I'm like. Mm. And I don't do the I don't do the half percentage or the half point <laughs> like you do. There's no point fives or point eight or point threes. <laughs> no eleven no sevens. No, none of those. But but yeah, I mean, I, but I also feel bad because I feel like I'm being too hard on it. But I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, mm, it's not the best well, it could have been. It was pretty good. <laughs> It, it's, it doesn't have any feelings, Alan. You can be mean. I didn't it's cry. Okay. Yeah, that, that's usually my criteria for a 10, right? Like, I get weepy. <laughs> that's right. And even, even this one, even though there's a lot of good beats, like, I never got that, like, like mm. I thought the waterworks were going to come on for this, and they did not. And, even you know, it felt you good, know when but that... it didn't feel, it didn't feel tear, tear jerking. You know what would have caused that to happen for you? 
Picard's dead. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. Yep. We would all be drowning in our own tears if he died. <laughs> but uh, didn't happen. If anybody had died heroically, I probably would have, but nobody did. So, so that is our review of season three, Picard. We will be back to review Strange New World season two in June. And of course, we are continuing to review Star Trek The Next Generation. We're going to soon start with um, season two. So I hope you will come back to the channel and visit our, our uh, I hope you'll come back and visit our channel and uh, like and subscribe. And that's it. Okay. I think you got to do that all over again. <laughs> I'm going to do the whole thing over. This crap. Are you going to thank Jenny for joining us? <laughs> <laughs> And then you have, to, you have to also plug her art. <laughs> you have to give her website. Yeah. Okay. I thought you had notes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus. What kind of host are you? Amateur the hour worst, here. The worst host. Amateur <laughs> hour. <laughs> oh man. How how the heck have we how, how the heck have we doubled our subscribers just through the season? How yeah, half I think we just days. lost two subscribers. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was our review of Star Trek Picard Season 3. Thank you very much, Jenny, for joining us. And wonderful paintings. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> like, there's the one, the one behind you. We could be dead at a time to do this. Uh, Why we? You know what? We should just. I think Namir was like, "You gotta plug the painting," and suddenly I got (laughs) thrown. Okay, now you have a website, right, Jenny? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. (laughs) I do have a website. Would you like us to mention it? Sure. Yes. Yes. You can. um, You can find me and my work and my shop at uh, jennyrjohnson.com. You can also find me on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram at jennyrjohnsonart, and on Twitter, until it dies, uh, <laughs> at jennyrjohnson. All right, amazing. Thank you, Jenny, for joining us. That was awesome. <laughs> My pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs>